Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, the podcast for HR professionals. I'm your host, Chris Soplensky. I'm so glad you're joining me today. HR Works aims to help HR professionals increase their value to their organizations by arming them with the best practices and strategies to attract, motivate, and retain top talent, and in turn, have a positive impact on the bottom line. Today's guest, international business coach Howard Partridge, says the solution to higher engagement and organizational success is rooted in community. And he's got a new book out to help listeners understand the concept. The Power of Community, How Phenomenal Leaders Inspire Their Teams, Wow Their Customers, and Make Bigger Profits. The book includes a proven step-by-step approach to transforming your organization by tapping into the human need to connect and feel valued by others. In addition to his business coaching, Howard is a number one Amazon.com best-selling author and an in-demand conference speaker. He grew up on welfare, started his first business out of the trunk of his car, and transformed it into a multi-million dollar turnkey enterprise. He has owned nine small businesses and for two decades has helped small business owners revolutionize their businesses and have more freedom in their lives. Howard, welcome to HR Works. Great to be here, Chris. So regarding improving employee engagement, you speak of the endless magic bullet approaches that don't work. What's wrong with the approaches that others are offering? It's not that there aren't solutions out there that work because there certainly are, but the approach of most many, I should say, leaders, managers, is find someone who has the hard skills that know how to do the work, but leaders haven't created the right environment for them to thrive. And therefore, your team members are disengaged, as the Gallup poll for many years has uh, shown us, over 70%. And when they're disengaged, they're not interested in doing the work, even if they know how to do it. So the idea of Uh, inspiring your team through the power of community, that takes care of your customers, which then takes care of profits, which which all businesses are all about. But if you focus only on profits and not on inspiring the team, you're not going to get there. Um, So I'd like to get a clear understanding of what's uh, defining community in this context. And um, you've posited three keys to a great community – um, support, encouragement, and accountability. So could you describe each of those for us to help uh, you know, paint, a, paint a clear picture for our, our audience? You bet. And let's start with the foundation of this fact that every human being has a longing for belonging. We all want to feel loved, accepted, and validated. We want to feel that our lives matter. Deep down, we want to belong to something bigger than ourselves. We want to make a positive difference. Today, we're more connected digitally than ever before, but we often feel more isolated and alone uh, personally than ever before. And therefore, this disengagement uh, creates a, uh, a challenge in the workplace. So there are a number of positive things that you can do, servant leadership, uh, those kinds of things, but the, the power of community uh, creating the very thing that people long for, that connectedness, that belonging, is a real differentiator. It's, the, it's probably, in my mind, the most powerful differentiator 
that you can have in uh, attracting talent. So there are three keys and six steps. The three keys are uh, first support, and that is helping other people have the things that they want to have. I just got done with a leadership group, one of my leadership groups, and and as uh, this group is learning the power of community, this business owner was sharing how uh, one of the uh, new employees was sharing her dream of going to Ireland. He said, before, I would have like just dismissed it and kind of, you know, you're on your own. But now that I'm learning the power of community, I'm thinking to myself, how can our bonus program help her get to Ireland? What can I do as a leader? Not to do it for her, but to help her accomplish that. Number two, the second key is encouragement. Encouragement is helping others do the things that they're afraid to do. Maybe it's making that sales call. Maybe it's stepping up to the next level. Maybe it's uh, it's uh, to uh, uh, learn a new skill or something like that. And then accountability is a different kind of accountability. The third key is accountability, and it's a different kind of accountability than we usually think of. Usually we think of accountability and do your job. Obviously, people need to do their job. People need to uh, do their job to succeed. People need to do their job for the company to be profitable and to to do the things that it needs to do. But accountability in this sense is helping others become, to be the person they want to be. See, I believe that every human being wants to be a better person. When you become a better person, a different person, you're going to do more things, you're going to do more of the right things, and you're going to end up having the things that you want. So when your employees feel like you've helped them be a better person, do the things that they really want to do that are maybe afraid to do or don't have the confidence to do, the encouragement that they need to do it, and therefore have a better life, they're going to be sold out to your company. Great. Um, so we're basically at full employment now, or so we're told. Um, and recruiting is tough. Um, and that makes retention uh, a make-or-break challenge for, um, for many organizations. How does community affect retention and, by extension, recruitment? Well... For 40 years, leadership studies, every leadership study worth its salt has proven over and over and over. The leadership challenge has proven this, that over and over and over, what people want more than anything else is to feel valued, to be recognized, to be appreciated, to feel like they're part of the team, to be in on things. And uh, that's the first step. I lay out six steps is to value others because most companies, even if they can make more money somewhere else, the thing is, is that if they're miserable, if their life is messed up, people will actually work for less money if they feel this uh, tremendous value. People want to be, uh, they want sincere and honest appreciation. They want to have positive relationships with others at work. And the way that you do that as a leader is step one is to value others. Step two is what servant leadership is all about. And there's there's a, a lot of people that talk about servant leadership. And, and what servant leadership means is not doing it for them, but being there. A leader is a coach and a leader helps their players develop themselves. A leader uh, helps people 
get the resources that they need to be a better team player. So when you are in a uh, in a position of uh, service rather than lording it over them, then they're going to work harder for you. But that's just the beginning. There's actually four more steps after that. And uh, do you want to uh, briefly outline those for our listeners? Absolutely. Step uh, three is phenomenal leaders care for others. There's an old saying that says, uh, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And Mr. Zig Ziglar, who the late uh, American legend Zig Ziglar, who was one of my mentors, and I work very closely with that organization today, said that nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care about them. So simply demonstrating that you care about people. John Maxwell says that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And the way that you gain influence in someone else's life is by adding value to them. Show them that you care. Demonstrate that you care about them. When you do that, they're going to work harder for you. Uh, And then number four is uh, phenomenal leaders develop others, developing their professional skills, helping them develop their communication skills. After all, my definition of leadership is is uh, leadership is effectively communicating your vision. Well, you can certainly communicate better when you help people develop their skills. In the book, I go through the different personality profiles that are out there, the, the different communication styles. There's uh, everybody communicates a little bit differently. And when I communicate with you in your style and help you develop your gifts, that's going to give you tremendous energy. And because of that, when you do that as a leader, that person's going to work harder for you. Uh, step five is phenomenal leaders, frankly, love others. And in this context, what uh, that means is love is a commitment. I'm committed to you. I'm your coach. I'm your uh, biggest cheerleader. I'm committed to helping you succeed. And, um, you know, so many people, in fact, I had a guy in uh, one of my seminars one time, I was teaching this and he's like, well, don't they have to earn my respect before I respect them? And I said, no, that's the problem is that leaders have it backwards. They sit back, wait for people to prove themselves rather than taking the raw talent and hiring the right person to start with and developing them, respect them, love them first, show them that you care, and then they'll do the same for you. And if they don't, then you can deal with it then. And he figured out, hey, I hired the wrong person. And then finally, uh, phenomenal leaders coach others. And it all comes back to being a great coach. And what a great coach does is helps that player become more effective, develop their skills, develop their habits, develop their themselves as a person so that they can be a better team player uh, so that the company can succeed. Wow. This, this sounds terrific. Um, and I'm, I'm genuinely uh, excited to be asking you this next question probably more than any other. Um, can you give us some examples of leaders um, who have built community among their employees and seen dramatic improvements in their business? Absolutely. In fact, I just bragged on one on my Facebook page the other day. Uh, Sherry Perry, Sherry and Dean Perry own a credit card processing 
company in uh, Washington State. And uh, before they learned this concept, they had a great business. Uh, they, they made money, but their culture just wasn't um, fun. It wasn't exciting. They had turnover. And when people came to work there, here's how many calls you make. Here's how many transactions we expect. And nothing wrong with that. But when they learned the power of community, and they didn't want to go to the office. They didn't even want to be around their employees. And when they learn the power of community, when they learn that, man, we could help these people, we've got phenomenal people here. They valued people. We can develop them. We can show them that they, that, that, uh, we care. We can create this sense of community and, uh, everything turned around and her team members love her. They would do anything for her. And so not only have the profits gone up, but the culture and the environment has totally changed. So that's one good example right there. Terrific. Um, so while we're seeking to build community, uh, it seems the, the workplace is working against us somewhat by going more global. It's uh, increasingly composed of remote workers in, our, in, you know, in, the, in the gig economy. Um, and you've got the you know, introduction of... Um, you know, communications of, of, of artificial intelligence-based uh, software systems. How can community help unify colleagues under, under these sorts of emerging conditions? You bet. Well, so uh, earlier I, I probably should have uh, maybe answered your, your first question a little bit better. A community in this sense is not a neighborhood or a nationality, but, uh, but a, any group of people who have the same vision and the same values. And what I mean by that is even though the person that's working next to me may have different uh, personal values that I, than I have, um, your vision is made up of your mission, what you are trying to accomplish every day, your values, this is how we act around here, and our purpose, why we're doing what we're doing. So regardless of whether we're remote, regardless of whether we're using tools like AI, um, and uh, automating things to scale and take better care of the, the customer and that sort of thing, when people feel like they're making a difference in the life of their customer, when they feel like they're making a difference in someone else's life, when they feel like they're, they are valued as a human being and that now they have a vision to uh, pursue that's exciting, that they have a purpose in their work, uh, Jim Collins, who wrote the famous book, uh, Good to Great, said that um, that work without meaning equals a life without meaning. And a life without meaning equals work without meaning. So there's a, a balance there where if I feel like I'm making a difference at work, I'm probably going to have more meaning at home and vice versa. When I feel like I'm reaching my own personal goals, then I'm going to show up as a happier, more engaged person at work. Excellent. Um, I wanted to uh, touch on a couple of um, concepts in your book uh, that were intriguing is to, you know, also sort of give our listeners more of a taste of what they'll find there. Um, one uh, concept you talk about is pods. That's P-O-D-S. Can you explain what these are and how they're effective? 
Yeah, POD stands for Power of Discovery Systems. It's a small group system where, unlike most meetings, most meetings you go to, someone drones on and on and on and on. There's really no interaction, and the real meeting happens after the meeting, right? What what do they really mean by that? Why are we really doing this? And right, and uh, man, that was really terrible. And even if it's inspiring, well, people want to when when people are able to then interact and 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 you're able to get feedback, you find out if they're uh, with you or not. So a pod is a simple uh, process of getting engagement in a meeting, so that and and the power of discovery means that. As I'm, uh, as we're talking about a subject or we're talking about a project, we're talking about an idea or something like that. When I'm able to interact with other people in the meeting rather than just getting information, and I discover the meaning for myself, even though you've already told me, then I take more ownership of the outcome. Dale Carnegie said that human beings support a world that they help create. So this is a way to empower your people. It's a way to make sure that what you said was received in the way that you intended it to be because they're going to feed it back to you. And I have also in Chapter 9 a a, uh, download that people can get where I have a pod for every chapter in the book. Oh, that's great. Um, And, you know, just hearing that, it sounds like, you know, again – so much more effective. I mean, having a model, you know, obviously there's a, you know, there's a level of trust there that, you know, that gets built through community where you can, you know, you're, where you're not afraid to make sure that you're clear, you know what right. I mean? Or, you know, and, and like you said though, instead of afterwards saying, what did he mean by such, you know, like it's an atmosphere where it's ingrained within the culture to, to get those clarifications and everybody knows that's okay. Um, one other concept uh, from your book is what you refer to as the gift zone. Can you elaborate on that for our listeners? Yeah, you bet. So we're having a pod here right now, and I was sharing with my uh, – we have a book writers group that's meeting right now. We use pods in all of our masterminds and meetings. You can even use it in large groups. So I might have a couple hundred people in a room, and then I put everybody in, in groups or at tables. and and walk through the five eyes of a pod, which people will learn about uh, uh, in the book. And um, uh, one of the things that's really important when you're building a team, I have a whole section on building your team, is that I was sharing with them that I don't have the gift of uh, finance. I mean, I'm very successful financially because I have a team of people that love to crunch numbers and they they, they enter those numbers every day. We have a system for it. You know, everybody has different gifts. Your people in finance are going to have different gifts than, than your people in HR or in marketing. Your marketing people are going to have different gifts, gifts than your people in sales. Uh, people who are more uh, outgoing uh, personalities are probably going to be more likely to be the promoters out there. And the people who are more reserved are going to be the people who are behind the scenes uh, doing the administrative work. And so uh, going back to Jim Collins' uh, idea of get the right people on the bus and get them in the right seat is what is their gift? What is their makeup? What's their personality so that you can get them in the right spot? When they're in the right spot, then they're going to be more productive for you. Terrific. One 
item uh, from your bio that I'd be remiss uh, not to ask about, and I'm 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 guessing some of our listeners are as well. Um, mentions that you had started a business out of the trunk of your car. So can you tell us yes, more yes. about that and like how old were you and a little bit of backstory on on that? You bet. Well, I grew up poor in uh, I call it lower L.A. Lower Alabama. <laughs> I grew up on uh, welfare in Mobile, Alabama. Got kicked out of the house when I was 18 years old. I deserved it. Went to Houston. Had uh, I I arrived on a Greyhound bus with 25 cents in my pocket. And I started my first business with our wedding money. I got married when I was 23 years old. And uh, along the way, I learned that you have to have leadership, you have to have the right people, and you have to have systems. And uh, so I was able to take that little business that I was really struggling with at the time. I was a slave to that business and transformed it into a multi-million dollar company that's turnkey. I have a home down here, and that, that business is in Houston, and right now, I'm in Destin, Florida. We have a home down here and I walk the beach while my leaders grow and and we make money and I'm not even involved in that business at all. I'm available to them to mentor them. And about 20 years ago, I started helping other small business owners learn how to do the same thing. Uh, I've I've owned nine small businesses altogether. I have two main businesses today, technically four, but but um, now I help small business owners stop being a slave to their business and transform it into a predictable, profitable turnkey operation by leveraging the power of leadership, community, getting the right people. And in the book, I have a whole section on systems, too, so that you don't have to recreate everything. You can really empower your people with systems. And as a result, we've got uh, members in over 100 different industries. Uh, I just had a leadership group, and on that uh, little pod alone, I have a guy in insurance, a guy who's a printer, a guy in security, a guy who's a plumber, I mean, a guy who does cabinets, and and um, they're learning this idea of leadership. And so we have uh, people, clients in nine different countries. So they're learning leadership. They're learning how to be a leader, how to attract the right people and develop those systems so that they can uh, expand their business. Sounds great. Um, I just want to uh, remind uh, listeners that the name of um, Howard Partridge's uh, new book is The Power of Community, How Phenomenal Leaders Inspire Their Teams, Wow Their Customers, and Make Bigger Profits. Um, I want to thank you for joining me today um, and sharing all this with our audience. And I just Wanted to ask if you had any final recommendations uh, for companies who are seeking to build community and, uh, by extension, uh, increasing engagement and profits. Yes. Remember that all of life and all of business, all of business and all of life is about relationships. Simple as that. If you add value to other people, they will like you. They will support you. And they'll encourage you and they'll help you become a better person. When you support them, you encourage them and you help them to be a better person, it'll come right back to you. Thanks again, Howard. Listeners, please follow HR Works on Twitter or write me with any suggested topics you think we should cover at HR Works Podcast, all one word. Thanks again for joining me and have a terrific day.